a servant. History. Be without fear in the face of your enemies. History. Speak the truth. History makers. Safeguard the helpless. That is your own. You can do it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today, our guest is Rob Moloch, and uh, Rob is a Gold Coast City Councillor. Rob's also worked for several major radio stations all over Australia. He was the CEO of Bell Legal Group, an elder at Southport Church of Christ. He's on the board of Bravehearts with Hetty Johnson, and also was behind the beginning of the NRL Titans up here at the Gold Coast. Now, Rob, what else do you do in your spare time? <laughs> oh well, I've got four boys, yeah. Uh, so that, uh, they certainly keep me out of trouble, and uh, and a wonderful wife, uh, and lots of great mates that I enjoy spending time with. So uh, yeah, there's not too many dull moments in the Mulhook household. Fantastic. Now, I guess we should start where you're currently spending most of your time at the moment at the Gold Coast City Council. Yeah. What's it like being a councillor here at the Gold Coast? Oh, look, uh, to all those people that tried to warn me before I went into politics, uh, you didn't try hard enough. Um, it's, it's been a real challenge. Um, you know, in, in business life, things are relatively cut and dry. There's a bit of politics goes on in an office environment. But uh, it's a pretty complex environment and it can be um, a bit gut-wrenching at times. What's it like being a Christian in politics? No different to being a Christian in, in business or, a, you know, a Christian in any environment. Uh, you really have to draw a line in the sand in your own life and say, well, uh, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and apply those values wherever you go. And it's, it's, it's a challenge in any environment to do that. Now, you've got a, quite a colourful past in radio. You've worked in the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Shepparton, Albury, Tasmania, Broken Hill. Huh. How did you start out in, in radio? Well, I never intended to get into radio. I was, I was actually uh, running the Big W store in Broken Hill at the time. And uh, the owner of the local station was in shopping with his wife. I'd got to know them through uh, church and just sort of around town. We did some advertising with them. And I was having a particularly bad day and he just happened to inquire as to how my day was. And I jokingly said, you haven't got any jobs going at that radio station of yours, have you? Meaning I was having a bad day. And uh, anyway, the next morning he rang me and he said, how would you like to come and run our business for us? Uh, we're, we're looking at doing some other things. Uh, we're looking for a manager. Uh, you'd need to be able to go on air, sell advertising, do promotions and, and, and a whole range of other things. But we think you're just the person we're looking for. And uh, tell me, you went from Broken Hill to Shepparton and then Albury. How, how, did, how did that all work? Uh, look, I, I just got into the industry at the right time. Uh, Broken Hill was a tiny station. We were struggling. Uh, we decided we needed to do something radically different. So we were one of the first stations in Australia to put computers in. And uh, we embraced this sort of automation technology where you could uh, make the radio station sound like there was someone there when there really wasn't. And uh, we had this Commodore 64 that we brought in from the States attached to this great big box and all these cassette machines. And uh, we were able to walk away from the station for two or three days at a time if we wanted to. And the thing had just keep running itself. Uh, you could dial in from home, do the weather updates from home, uh, run out the back fence, check the temperature gauge and you just sort of patch them into the system and uh, no one would have to be there on the weekends. And because that was sort of the way radio was going, uh, I became this sort of, um, 
I don't know, expert, and uh, got headhunted into a couple of really plum jobs at the time uh, because other radio organisations were wanting to introduce the technology and, and, and really it just kind of went from there. And you ended up moving around through a few regional capitals in radio and then ended up back here at the Gold Coast. Yep. And what was your position um, with the station up here? Uh, well, I came back to the Gold Coast as, uh, well, and I say back because I grew up on the Gold Coast, and it's kind of funny because I always wanted to uh, go into radio on the coast when I was in uh, school, and I remember going to the local radio station at the time, and they were like, you know, the superstars of the city, and uh, I was kind of told, look, we don't do work experience here, kid, uh, you know, come back when you've grown up sort of thing, and uh, so anyway, I just decided I would, uh, and I came back about 18 years later as the general manager, uh, which uh, I, I drew an enormous amount of satisfaction and gratification from. <laughs> now, you pretty much reached the peak of commercial radio um, with that role there, and now you find yourself a chairman of a Christian community radio station here at the Gold Coast. Why that change? After 15 years in commercial radio, I actually got bored, uh, and a lot of people laugh. I go, how could you get bored in radio? But I just did. And I've always felt uh, it's important in life to, you know, constantly challenge yourself, uh, push the boundaries. Uh, and an opportunity came up to get out of radio, uh, go and uh, do uh, some business, start my own business as a consultant. And uh, anyway, cut a long story short, uh, the, the community station uh, found itself struggling a little on the coast. They'd just got their full-time licence. Uh, they'd been sort of pre- predominantly run by a lot of volunteers and uh, they just needed some people with a bit of radio background. And here I was sitting on the Gold Coast um, thinking, well, I, I don't think God's given me, you know, 15 years of experience in broadcasting to just sit back and leave the local Christian station to, to someone that doesn't, you know, have that background. So I was just really exercised at heart. Um, and uh, it's been a little humbling. Uh, we don't have quite the audience or the resources that the big guys have. But uh, it's just great to be part of something that uh, where you're developing people, uh, that you're creating opportunity, and also you're reaching into people's lives each day with a, you know, with a, perhaps a more wholesome alternative to mainstream radio. Now, Christian radio has grown a lot in the last ten years. Oh, and there's a lot of stations now. Yeah. Yeah. What um, What's your vision for Christian Radio in Australia? What kind of impact do you think Christian Radio can have? I think it would be unrealistic to say, uh, look, we'll take on the big guys and, uh, you know, conquer the radio world. I think we have to be realistic about the sort of format that we've got and, and the program that we can offer. Uh, but on the other side of that, uh, we are a force to be reckoned with. And, and, and my hope is that as we continue to grow... Uh, that at a national level we'll see, uh, you know, the leaders of all the Christian stations from around Australia really start to come together with one mind and one and one conviction and one focus uh, so that we can become this sort of uh, weapon or this sword in the hand of the church uh, and that we can become this force that sort of... Um, uh, promotes unity amongst the churches that you know that, that that is there to try and break down some of the traditional barriers. I mean, so much has changed in our world. I mean, you look at what happened to communism uh, and and the fall of the wall in Berlin, uh, and a lot of that was brought on because of the internet and uh, the sort of whole revolution where people you could no longer lie to people about what the, the world was like. And in a sense, I think the same thing's happening with Christian media. It's 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 uh, it's it's opening people's eyes to the fact that there is only one issue that's important, and that is the you know the grace of God, 
you know, the, the wonderful hope that we have in Jesus Christ uh, and the salvation that comes with that. And uh, really all the other stuff in terms of denominations and religions and all of that is, is really just the candy coating. Uh, it's a bit like uh, Blake's arguing about whether, uh, you know, Forex on tap's better than Carlton Draft on tap. I mean, it's all beer. Um, and some people just prefer different pubs. But my hope is that Christian radio will just become this mighty force in our nation um, and gain an, n- not, not dominance but, but a significant uh, enough share of, of the market across the nation uh, so that when uh, the national president of Christian Broadcasters rings up the Prime Minister, uh, uh, he'll get through and the PM might be a little bit concerned about what he's got to say on a particular moral or uh, social issue. Tell me what you think about mentors and role models. Is that an important thing for, for Christians today? Oh, absolutely. Uh, in fact, it's, it's probably one of my favourite subjects and I, I could talk for hours on it. But, uh, you know, uh, after that, that earlier experience with uh, Fred Stallard from Woolworths, um, I then moved to Darwin and uh, I got to know the pastor of the church up there and we used to meet every week for breakfast uh, and, uh, you know, we'd spend hours uh, where he would just uh, build in my life and I could bounce things off him and, and, you know, and all of that. And then as I've sort of moved on from there, uh, I've always sought out other people uh, that I can either get alongside or have get alongside me. And uh, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is I think I think every male, uh, or actually every female for that matter as well, but... Um, Every bloke should have one person that's ahead of them uh, that they can look up to and respect, that they, they've got that sort of rapport with, and another person that's kind of behind them that they can be bringing with them. And uh, what that does, it just sets up a great relationship and a great environment to sort of be bouncing off each other. And uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, whether I was in Adelaide or Shepparton or Tasmania or, you know, back here on the Gold Coast, uh, I've always sought out those sorts of relationships. And, and even now, uh, every Monday morning I get together with about 14 guys. Uh, we spend uh, two hours together uh, and we run through the hard questions and we beat each other up about, you know, our marriages and our relationship with our kids and our businesses and all of those sorts of things. Uh, and then we also break down into smaller groups, uh, you know, during the week or, you know, maybe fortnightly or whatever, and just two or three of us will get together as well because you can't kind of relate to everyone on a mass scale. Uh, but I reckon uh, it's one of the most important things. If you're serious about growing uh, in terms of your faith uh, or even outside of the context of the faith, if you're serious about growing in your business life and in your family life and, and you just want to get the best out of life, you've got to be in, an, in a relationship and, and in, in an environment where you're prepared to you know, put it on the line and have someone else kind of point their finger in the chest and say, well, mate, you've been telling us about all this stuff. When are you going to do something about it? A lot of Christians struggle with introducing the Christian faith to other yeah. people. How come it's so easy for you? Um, well, I think, you know, to start, you've just got to be the real deal. Um, you know, you can't sort of go to church on Sunday, be a Christian, and then go to work Monday morning and turn it off. Uh, I'm a great believer, and you should. Uh, I mean, you don't want to be some sort of Christian dork either, and uh, walk around, you know, singing praise songs in the cor- you know corridors at the office, and uh, and uh, you know, being a bit of a fruit loop. But but be an authentic person. Um, be the general manager that's always on the job and that, that really looks after their people. Uh, whatever job or environment you're in, do a great job at it. Uh, but keep your cool and demonstrate all the sorts of you know behaviours that are characteristic uh, of a Christian, uh, and then eventually uh, that should become so intoxicating that people start asking questions. And that's actually what happened with a couple of these guys. Uh, I used to meet every Wednesday morning with another mate of mine called Dean Marnie uh, for breakfast, and uh, we were just starting to get a new group off the ground. 
Anyway, uh, another bloke, a uh, business associate, actually had been ringing my secretary trying to get an appointment with me over breakfast on a Wednesday morning, and he tried about three or four times. And uh, eventually he thought he was just getting the fob off. So he, he, he rang me and he said, what's going on? I've been trying to get breakfast with you for three weeks on a Wednesday. How come I can't? Uh, you know, get in, you know, don't you want to catch up with me? And I said, well, I've got this standing appointment on a Wednesday morning. He said, well, what, what is it? And so I told him and he said, gee, that sounds fantastic. Can I come along? Well, uh, the next thing I know, my secretary at the time, her husband, uh, she heard, she overheard the conversation and uh, she said, you reckon my husband could come to that? So uh, the next week I ended up with this business mate and uh, my secretary's husband and uh, who really had I suppose, you know, no, nothing like the sort of Christian, you know, life view that I had uh, that uh, thought it was all a bit odd, uh, but they enjoyed the fact that it was a few blokes getting together for a bite to eat and talking about some fair income stuff. And uh, over a period of time, uh, the pennies dropped, uh, you know, God just spoke to their hearts. Uh, you know, they saw in myself, I guess, and Dean and, and some of the other blokes that I mixed with something different, and they just made a decision that whatever that was, they wanted it, and uh, and they've you know, they've, they've got, come a long way since. So what if there's someone listening to this interview right now and they're thinking, this bloke has got something that I want and they are away from God but they want to get close to God? What would you, what would you say to them? You, you've got to draw a line in the sand. At, at some point, uh, you've got to sit down uh, with, uh, either with someone that can help you uh, or with, uh, you know, some material, you know, a book like Purpose Driven Life or, you know, Uprising or, you know, just some great piece of Christian literature that really, you know, will challenge and inspire you. And you've got to sit down and work it out. And, uh, and then if you come to a point where you're absolutely convinced that there is a God and he has a greater plan for your life, uh, well, then you've got to make a decision. And the decision is you're either going to follow that or you're not. And I suspect that uh, a lot of people uh, balk at the decision because they have this fear about, well, what's it going to cost me? Is it going to cost me money? Is it going to cost me, you know, a commitment? Uh, you know, am I going to be able to keep living my life the way I want to live it? You know, some things going to have to change. And they start weighing up the price of that and they go, nah, I don't want to do that. Um, but I would say, you know, go beyond that. Take, take the step. Uh, even if you're unclear, just, just pray the pr- prayer and say, look, if there's a God up there, um, I'm just trying to work all this out. Uh, it doesn't quite make sense to me, but if you're real, would you just reveal yourself to me? Uh, would you introduce me to other people that I can get around and, uh, and, and, and gain a better understanding of I'm prepared to go and explore this? And that's the first step. Uh, the second step then, of course, is that, that it, when you come to that point of believing it and, and having a conviction about it, then you've, that's where you've got to draw the line in the sand and say, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to do this. Uh, the minute you start vacillating about anything in life, you, you fail, whether that's business, the Christian faith. Uh, look, even in marriage, you know, you're either committed or you're not. Uh, and if you're committed, you work things out and you find a way to move forward. That's and, good. And, and, and look, don't, don't get hung up about the whole perfection thing. I have this theory. I think a lot of guys have dropped out of church, and a lot, and a lot of you know, a lot of people generally have dropped out of church uh, because they've been disappointed with the minister, uh, or they've been disappointed with themselves, and they go, "Look, I just can't live the life of a hypocrite. Uh, I'd rather not be a Christian than do that." Uh, and so they just drop out because they get discouraged. Um, I love that song, and it's not a Christian one, but you know, Chumbawamba. You know, I get knocked down, but I get back up again. And I really think that 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 should be you know the swan song kind of for every Christian. Um, you know, God's already paid the price. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that we would have forgiveness of sin, so that we could live a life that is whole and complete, and it's a gift. Uh, so what we need to do is just get back up off the ground, 
grab a hold of the gift and if we trip and fall, just pick it up and keep going and pick it up and keep going and pick it up and keep going. You know, we're not called to be perfect um, and I get angry with people that want to call us hypocrites because, you know, we are hypocrites um, but we are forgiven hypocrites. God loves us and uh, and, and he, he knew what we were like at the time that he sent Jesus to die for us. Tell us about Hetty Johnston and Bravehearts. Why are you passionate about that cause? Hetty, Hetty Johnston is just one of the, the, the great Australians, one of the greatest Australian women of our nation. Um, you know, she's entered into an area that, that, that's really tough. Uh, nobody really wants to admit that child abuse goes on. Uh, nobody really likes to talk about it. Um, and uh, when she approached me about joining the board, I, I just couldn't say no. Uh, and God has really laid on my heart. You know, you know that scripture in in James where it says to look after the widows and the orphans. Um, you know, not every child's an orphan, but 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 every child is worthy of protection. And I absolutely believe with you know all all my heart that that we need to fight for our kids in this nation. And uh, and I think it's a great tragedy that there are women every day in our nation that are battered through domestic violence. Uh, that there are children that are abused, whether it be verbally, sexually or, or physically. Uh, what kind of a country is this that we would even allow that, or even entertain the thought that that could be possible, that we would allow that to happen? Uh, and, and it really is time, I believe, as a nation. We, you know, we drew, again, we drew that line in the sand and we just said, you know what, we're not going to put up with this rubbish anymore. Mm. Now, talking about children, you're very busy. You've got four boys. Yes, I do. How do you spend time with your, with your family? Uh, it's just about priorities. Uh, it's about setting clear boundaries. It's about managing my diary. Uh, it's about discussing expectations in the home, um, and uh, it's 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 really about um, you know just you know constantly working and reviewing uh, that. Uh, but look, I love my kids. We have a great relationship. Uh, we love getting to the surf together. Um, I, I plan an annual fa- uh, Father Sunday with each of them. Uh, they get to pick the agenda. They get to decide what we want, what they want to do for the day, uh, and and that's a really special time. Uh, and we always end the day by having dinner together somewhere so we can talk about some of the tough issues. Uh, in fact, uh, my two middle boys at the moment we're working through that book, um, preparing your son for every man's battle, uh, and it's a it's a, a book on uh, sexual purity. Uh, and it's just fantastic because it's opened up all this wonderful dialogue uh, about all sorts of issues that boys are struggling with. And, uh, man, if I can say to the men out there that are listening, if you haven't read the book Every Man's Battle, do yourself a favour. Uh, it would be one of the most liberating and encouraging pieces of Christian literature uh, that I've read in the last 10, 15 years. So what's next for Rob Mullock? Do you want to become the Mayor of the Gold Coast, Premier of Queensland, Prime Minister of Australia? What's, what's on your heart? Oh, look, I just want to do whatever God wants me to do. Um, uh, I, I, certainly, uh, I, I certainly feel an incredible sense of destiny. Uh, in my life, um, I feel a very strong, uh, you know, calling to serve the community. Uh, if uh, if God's going to open the door for Meralty or, or some other level of politics in the future, I'll, I, you know, I'm certainly very open to that. Uh, but for now, uh, it's just one day at a time, being a good dad, uh, doing the best job I can as the the finance chair of the city and looking after the, the bucks, and uh, really just driving the agenda forward with uh, you know brave hearts and and the radio station here and and uh, and just in enjoying life. I don't know about you, I love getting to the surf. I love hanging out with my wife and having a coffee and and catching a movie and and, uh, and I think it's a danger looking too far ahead. You you just got to live each day, I reckon. Thanks very much for coming along. You you certainly are a history maker. Thank you. Thanks again to Rob Mohlock and if you want to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. You'll find plenty of great interviews on there you can download, links to plenty of great websites and a place where you can donate and support. Just go to historymakersradio.com History 